0: Hello and welcome to the Renovation Church podcast where our vision is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and change the world. My name is Mason Smith and I'm the creative director here at Renovation Church. We are so thankful that you're joining this podcast today. We hope that today's message inspires you and draws you closer in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now enjoy the message.
1: Hey, uh, again, I'm so glad that you're, you're here today. Week three, part three, easy like a Sunday morning, talking about easy worship. Easy worship. Worship, we want it to be easy, but very often it's not. It's not always easy to come in and worship after we have had one of the most difficult weeks or difficult seasons or difficult experiences of our lives. Um, but I even talk to a lot of Christians Nowadays, who are like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus, but I'm just not that into worship. But a non-worshiping Christian is kind of an oxymoron. That, that doesn't exist because that's what we were created to do, to be worshipers. In fact, I would say that some of the people who say that they like worship the least are actually the best worshipers. Their worship just tends to be misdirected into another area. Because the reality is everybody does worship something, right? I mean, whether that Christian, non-Christian, doesn't really matter. Everybody worships something because that's what we were created to do. We were created to worship. And if you're not worshiping Jesus, then you will end up worshiping something else. A lot of people nowadays, they tend to worship themselves or they worship their self-image. A lot of people worship their jobs. Some people might worship money. Some people might worship sports like baseball or football. A lot of parents can fall into the trap of worshiping their children. Everybody worships something. Everybody worships something. That's what idolatry is. Idolatry is just misdirected worship. It's worshiping something created over the creator himself. Idolatry is worshiping something good over worshiping God. And the enemy Satan, listen, he knows that you are going to worship. He knows that you were created with this desire in your life to worship something. So he will try to get you to worship anything and everything, even good things, as long as you're not worshiping God. And what happens is so often we come into church, we come into this place where we feel like we, we should be able to worship, but we sing, but we don't praise. We, we sing, but we don't actually worship. We're singing these lyrics that are on the slides and we're like, man, I'm, I'm singing that, but I'm just not, I'm not feeling it because we let our worries and our anxieties and our circumstances and even our pride get in the way of our worship. In some of those things, we allow those things to stop our worship, which shouldn't even be possible. Uh, Men, we tend to be especially bad at this, the male species. We tend to be a little bit more held back when it comes to worship. So I wanna challenge the men in here specifically for just a moment. Women, get on Pinterest or something, Magnolia. Just scroll, tune, up, tune out. But men, I'm gonna, I, wanna challenge, I wanna challenge you. I wanna read to you something that Paul said to his disciple Timothy regarding worship within the church. And this is still so relevant for the men in here today. Listen, listen to what Paul says. He said, in every place of worship, and that includes Renovation Church, St. Joseph, Missouri, 2,000 years later, In every place of worship, I want who? I want, I literally, I heard the women say that. That's awesome. Um, Look, guys, can we get a little more interaction? In every place of worship, I want men. That was some much better, men. I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger, controversy I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up some translations say mankind Uh, another translation says I want everybody but if you go back to the Greek word that Paul used here it's the word andros and it means literally an adult male or a husband so this is a specific charge calling and command for every man within the church yeah what happens so often and I can say this because I've done this, is men, we come into worship and we just put our hands in our pockets or we cross our arms and we might move our lips a little bit, but we're not really willing to sing, we're not willing to praise, we're not willing to worship because honestly, many men think that worshiping like that is for women. We view that as more of a feminine type thing. But look at the Bible. I mean, King David in the Old Testament, I mean, this was, he was a man's man. He was a, he was a warrior. He was a king, but he was also a poet and a musician. But above all else, David was a worshiper. Whether he was, whether he was in his palace or in a cave, that guy worshiped God all the time. Yet somewhere in history, the men stopped worshiping. We stopped raising our hands to God. We stopped falling to our knees, seeking out God. Somewhere in our history that changed, but I believe it can change again. Quite often in the church today, the women out worship the men. That's a compliment to the women, but that's a challenge, that's a challenge for us men. For years, I wasn't really that into worship. Like I I said, I didn't grow up in a really loud music worshiping type of atmosphere. And so worship was kind of foreign to me, um, even when I became a Christian. But I've talked about my wife every week so far, and I'm really fond of her, by the way. So I'll talk about her again. I met my wife um, 13 years ago yesterday. Is that right? It's something like that, it's close. But when I met her, when I met her, first of all, I was at seminary and there's like a thousand guys and one girl. And so like, everyone's like, oh girl, <laughs> like we get really excited, like there's a girl here. But when I met her, uh, everything about her stood out to me. I, I just loved everything about her. I loved her personality. Then I loved her hair and I loved her eyes. But you know, actually what really drew me to her, and I, I'm not kidding. The thing that really drew me to her was that she was a worshiper. I'd never seen anybody worship like she worshiped. And for me, I was like, that's, that's something special. Like this woman lifts her hands. This woman's not afraid to fall to her knees. And so for me, that was like a, wow, that's, that's, that's kind of an attractive way that you worship. You know, like that was, that was really good to see. So men, think about it. Like when you start worshiping, you lift your hands, your wife's gonna look at you and be like, Dang, like, look at you go. Like, there's just something about, there's just something about seeing somebody worship. Something about seeing people worship. This isn't just about men though. We know that. It's not a call just for men to worship. It's not just a call for men to raise their hands. This is for every single person who calls himself a follower of Jesus. We are to set an example. In fact, David said in Psalms, one generation shall commend your works to the next. I think one of the greatest things that we can do as a church is show the next generation how to worship. Because mom and dads, your your kids, man, they're watching you, they're watching you. If you've got kids or teenagers, they're watching you to see how real is this Jesus thing to you? Are you singing? Are you raising your hands? Are you setting an example? Or are you showing them that Jesus and worship is just something that you check off? We're commanded to lift our hands and sing and worship. We lift our hands because of who God is. Lifted hands symbolizes two things. When we lift our hands, it celebrates victory. And it, it can also symbolize surrender. Victory and surrender. When your favorite team scores a touchdown, what do you do? If you do that when you're the Chiefs game, that's going to be bad. Like, if you're in a Chiefs game and they score a touchdown, you're just sitting there. Like, that ain't real victorious, people. Like, when the Chiefs score a touchdown, what do you do? Okay, good. One person actually, in a, Missy, thank you so much. It's just you and me, just lifting our hands. No, you, you lift your hands. You you celebrate, right? Like, it's that's a victory moment. And I think what happens in here on a Sunday morning is more exciting than anything that could happen on any field at any time. Right? This is, this is victory, this is celebration. When we raise our hands in worship, we are celebrating who God is and what he accomplished on the cross for you and for me. We're celebrating Jesus in his victory over sin and over death. That is worth celebrating. But when we raise our hands, we're also surrendering. We're surrendering and saying, God, I'm broken. God, I am desperate. God, I need you to come through because my only hope is in you. When we raise our hands in worship, we are declaring battle. That's what some of you were doing this morning. You came in after the worst week of your life and you got in here and you're like, I don't care who's looking at me. I don't care who's around me. I'm going to battle this morning. I'm raising my hands and I'm surrendering. God, I'm asking you to do something in my life that no one else can do. You're going to battle with your worship. And the only person you care about is Jesus. You're battling feelings of depression and self-worth. Your mind is in a very dark place. And when you raise your hands, you're saying, God, I'm surrendering to you. I need you to do what I am absolutely incapable of doing. There's an incredible story in the Bible in Exodus chapter 17 about this. In the story, the Amalekites were attacking the people of Israel. And Moses said to Joshua, his battle commander he said I want you to get the men ready for battle and I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna stand on this hill and I'm gonna hold the staff of God in my hands and here's what happens in this story so Joshua did what Moses commanded and he fought the army of Amalek Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, they climbed to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So when Moses raised his hands, what happened? They started winning. When he dropped his hands, they started losing, winning, losing, winning, losing. Some of you right now, you feel like you are losing whatever battle it is you're facing. In fact, you came in here this morning, you had to drag yourself in because you already feel defeated. Maybe it's time that you try raising your hands in worship. Maybe it's time to worship and lift your hands even if you don't feel like it, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it seems like you don't have a reason in the world to praise, you're gonna say, I'm gonna raise my hands because I'm winning when I worship. These are the days that it's most important. The days you don't feel like going to the gym are most, almost always the most important days to the go. The days you don't feel like going for a run are almost always the most important day that you can go. And I can say from experience that the days that you don't feel like worshiping are usually the most important days that you can go to worship. We don't just worship when we're on top of the mountain, we worship when we're in the valley. We don't just worship when we're joyful. We worship when we're sorrowful. Why? Because we do not let our feelings or our circumstances determine the level of our worship. We don't worship because life is good. We worship because God is good. I want you to hear that again, please. Because this makes the difference. We don't worship because life is good. We worship because God is good. So we lift our hands and we say, God, today, I'm going to choose to worship you. Today, I'm going to choose to lift my hands to you. Today, I'm going to choose to trust in you that you're fighting with me and that you're fighting for me and that the battle ultimately belongs to you. Here's what continues happening in this story. In verse 12, Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur, they found a stone for him to sit on and then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands so his hands held steady until sunset and as a result Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek and battled church this is why we worship together this is why we seek God together This is why we do life together. This is why we go to battle together. Because listen, as strong as you might be, you can't hold your hands up forever. At some point in your life, this life, this world is going to get really, really hard and really, really difficult. And eventually you're going to grow weary. But like Moses, when I start to lose strength, when I start to lose hope, when I start to lose faith and when I start to feel weak, I surrounded myself with people who are willing to lift me up. It would be easier though. It would be easier to just stop worshiping. It would be easier just to give up. It would be easier to say, I'm just gonna isolate myself and I'm gonna get through this on my own, but I cannot tell you how many times I've had brothers that are holding my hands up when life is dragging me down. Sometimes I ask them to hold my hands up, but sometimes they hold my arms up against my will because they aren't willing to let me down, because they care for me, because they cherish me, because they love me as a brother in Christ. They are not willing to let me fail. This is why we have Christian community. This is why we gather in small groups. This is why we gather together for corporate worship. This is why we do life together. Sometimes you're like Moses and you need people to help you. Sometimes you're like Aaron who gives help when you're strong. Some of you are in a battle right now and you need help. You need people around you who are willing to lift you up to help you raise your hands when life is pulling you down. But more than you need people, you need a person. And that person is Jesus. The Bible, Dan read it a little bit ago in his ministry moment, but James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And that's a guarantee. Because listen, God has never moved. If you found yourself far from God, just know he's not the one who moved and you always have an opportunity to come back home draw near to god and he will draw near to you we worship not because of what we hope god will do but we worship because of what god has already done not because of what we hope that he's going to do but because of what he's already done if god never did anything else for you the rest of your life what he did for you on the cross would be enough If you never saw another victory in your life on this side of heaven, the victory of the cross would still be enough, amen? Amen. Say amen like you believe it, come on. The victory of the cross is enough. So this morning, we're gonna continue singing. We're gonna continue worshiping. We're gonna continue praising. And as we do, as we sing these songs in just just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hands or maybe even just to fall to your knees or maybe to come to the front and to have someone pray for you. We're gonna lift our hands together in victory or surrender, maybe both at the same time. Maybe as we've been, as I've been talking today and singing, maybe, maybe some of you realize that you're missing something. Maybe you're like David in the book of Psalms and you're like, man, I'm in a very dark, lonely, desperate place and I just don't have any hope. Maybe you're longing for more. Maybe you've always come to church and just gone through the rituals, worship, check, sermon, check, tithing, giving, tipping, whatever you wanna call it, check. I've I've gone gone through all these things, but you still feel like you're missing something. Following God isn't something that can be boiled down into a checklist. It's about a relationship relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Our sin separates us from God, but Jesus lived the perfect life that you could never live, and he died the death that you deserve to die so we can be reconciled with God and so that we could become his child. So today, would you please stand? We're gonna have a prayer team across the front during these next couple songs. If God is prompting you, then come forward, give us the opportunity to pray for you. But this morning, don't think about anyone around you. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus together. Let's lift holy hands high to God. Let's worship him with our hearts completely abandoned to him. Let's sing. Let's worship today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Renovation Church Podcast. If you'd like to support Renovation and our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com slash give. It's because of your faithful and consistent generosity that we're able to continue ministries like this all across the world. If you'd like to learn more about renovation and our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com. If you enjoyed today's message, then we'd encourage you to share it with family and friends. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless.